0: Hey, how are you doing today, Brad? I'm good, hey Ben. Absolutely fantastic. Man, I'll tell you what. I love the way that you put thoughts into people's heads. I, I I call it planting because when you do a book like this, you know, ordinary people change the world. I mean, that that to me says it's time for us to look out at ordinary people and stop basically idolizing those that are that are already famous.
1: That was the mission. And listen, I, I wish I could say it was, you know, completely selfless. I did it for my kids. Yes. I, I, I did it for my own selfish reasons. I wanted my kids to have better heroes to look up to. I wanted to teach them how to be good people. And, you know, I tell them all the time, if you want to be a hero, you gotta help someone. Having a billion dollar company doesn't make you a hero. You gotta think of someone beside yourself so that's where we started the series as you know know, we've talked about it many a time we started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I'm Abraham Lincoln we did I am Rosa Parks and I am Albert Einstein my son loves sports I said forget millionaire overpaid athletes here is I am Jackie Robinson no. And my youngest son, you know, who loves being creative in Legos and drawing, I did I Am Jim Henson and I Am Walt Disney. Our <laughs> daughter loves our dog. Here's I Am Jane Goodall. And, and now we're 32 books in the series, 10 years into it. I can't even believe it's been that long, but it's just been my mission as a parent to just try and – and teach them how to be better people
0: and you invite those to step into that part of your life that's the thing that i love about it is that you're not afraid to release what you're feeling and what you are experiencing whereas other writers well let me just shove it underneath my bed or put it up in the attic i I, nobody nobody needs to feel this
1: listen arrow my first book that i ever wrote got 24 rejection letters oh man there were only 20 publishers i got 24 rejection letters which means some people were writing me twice to make sure I get the point. But I said, if they don't like that book, I'm going to write another. And if they don't like that book, I'm going to write another. And the one thing I know is, if you want to be happy in life, if you want to have your dream, you've got to admit what you love and what you want. And that's a scary thing to do, because if you admit what you love, you may not get it. But it is the only answer. Do you see yourself as being
0: a historian or an archaeologist? Because you're digging up things that many of us have long forgotten.
1: Oh, I like that question. You know, I, I'm not sure I see the difference between them that, you know, I, I like history, but I do like digging up the stuff you've never seen. I mean, even in even in Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the newest book, yes, I love finding the story that no one's heard about her. That to me is the fun. You know, is 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 a story, you know, we all think of her as this serious Supreme Court justice, right? And I guess I could write a book about that, but we don't want any politics in our book. Right. You know, we put Amy Coney Barrett in, we put um, you know Sandra Day O'Connor in this book. What I loved was the story no one knows. What I loved was when when Ruth Betty Ginsburg was a little girl growing up in Brooklyn, New York, that all she wanted to do was go on adventures and yeah. climb trees and play tag. Yeah. And it's a time when girls aren't supposed to do that. You can't do that. That's what you know. You would think they would say back then. And it's her mother who helps break the stereotype because yeah. she takes young Ruth. To the local public library and says to her every Friday afternoon, Ruth, you can pick out five books. And among the ones she loves most are the ones about real heroes, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman. Wow! And in that lesson, she gives her daughter one of life's great lessons, which is there's absolutely nothing that a girl can't do. Wow. Well,
0: and you got to work with her too, the daughter.
1: Yeah, so you know when we did I am Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall helped us with the book. When we did I am Dolly Parton or I am Billy Jean King, we got help from them. Even John Lewis was helpful with our Dr. King book. Uh, you know we've been very lucky, but this was the first hero who I knew the hero, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg before we were writing about her because her daughter was one of my mentors in in law school, oh. and you know it was incredible because I did events with her. I knew her. You know the family helped me with the books, but. You know, one of Justice Ginsburg's clerks was one of my close friends, and when she got married, uh, my friend asked she needed two witnesses for the wedding certificate, and she asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg to sign the one signature and me to be the other. And I'll never forget being in that back room. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's there, and my friend's in her white wedding dress, and Justice Ginsburg signs the wedding certificate. And I looked at my friend, and I was like come on, do you really need me now? Like, you got it. It's official. And I think it's going to be just fine. My one, my one regret is I never got to tell Ruth Bader Ginsburg that we were doing a book about her.
0: Wow. Wow. What what do you think she would have said?
1: Um, I think, you know, every time I spoke to her, she just was like, she was just a sweet little old lady. Yep. You know, thank you. That's it. I, I, I think she'll be, I think she was always surprised by... How much people loved her! What an icon she became! She was surprised by Kate McKinnon doing her on Saturday Night Live. Um, I think she just sort of said thank you.
0: Well, she was so down to earth, so ordinary, and like 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 it says,
1: ordinary people. That is it. I mean, that, and that's what we forget. You know, we when when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a little girl, instead of having birthday parties, her mom used to take her to the local Jewish orphanage, and they would give away ice cream to the orphans and what she learned there from her mother was that's how you make change you make change yourself I and mean, that's not a lesson she got from law school it's a lesson she got from her mom yeah and you know she used the law to make change that's how she put good in the world and that's all these books are to us yeah, yeah it's our way of putting good into the world and we just use these books to do it
0: I, I love the way you say that you know you're proving to the world that little girls can go out and play and right away I had a picture of, of little Hannah who lives across the street from us and and her mother is out there with her every day she, I mean she's climbing ladders she's she's doing her own thing little baby Hannah I mean she's not maybe not even two years old yet but she's out there doing her own thing and I find so that I that's I want to transition this book to them so that she can keep teaching that. To her child.
1: Well, that's what I love. You know, we, we you know, we, as I said, we're doing this is now our thirty second yes. book in the series. When I when I first went to the publisher, and I said, they said, "Oh, it's so adorable. You want to do I'm Amelia Earhart and I'm Abraham Lincoln two books for your kids? How nice and adorable!" Yep. And I said, "No, no, no. You got it all wrong. I, I want to do a hundred books. And I <laughs> love the fact. I, I said, I love the fact that people use our books now." To build libraries of real heroes for their kids, their grandkids, their nieces, their nephews. And as you just said, just for your neighbor, someone you see who needs this story in their life. People donate them to their local schools. I love the fact that people build these little libraries from the Ordinary People Change the World series.
0: Writing a story, how does it come to you? Are you sitting on the sofa and it just comes to you? Are you walking through the public? What What, what is it that that makes you go to, well, this is the next book?
1: You know, I always think the best stories are the ones you can't shake. So, you know, it's the one where like I'll dive down a couple rabbit holes and I'll look at things. But I'm like, "Ah, that's interesting. But I stopped thinking about it in a day. And you all know that story. You know, something you've been scrolling on on Instagram or anywhere else that you're still thinking about three days later, four days later, a week later, a month later. That's the story you got to tell. That's the one that you can't get out of your head. And and that's how I always find the next story. I just go with the you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the number one most requested hero wow. from kids over the past few years. Number one, I can't you know she died obviously back in twenty twenty. You know never thought for a second that this was going to be you know I thought she reached the kind of peak of her popularity. But for whatever reason, she came roaring back And we listened to kids mm-hmm. So uh, I started looking into her story And just said, you know what? This is going to be a really fun one And when I heard those stories about her as a kid I was like, oh, this is going to just be perfect
0: Do you ever worry about being in a position of woke? Because this woke generation is just its a It feels out of control
1: Yeah, listen, I mean I, yeah, I think that the word woke Has been used to kind of you know, I understand what it is, but I feel like what it's what it's been manipulated to kind of fear and scare mon- you know, scaremonger. Yep. Yep. Like is it woke to tell the true story about someone? I don't think so. I right. think you got to tell it, you know? Like we I take my books, you know, we did we I go from Fox News to CNN. Mm-hmm. I go from Glenn Beck, I go to NPR. Okay, with the same book. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Yep, this is the story we should tell." So I don't know, I'm just telling the right story and I love the fact that there's no politics in our books. I love the fact that you know we don't we don't do that. What I, what I don't like is when you see people manipulating the facts to their own ends. That to me is, is something bad and you know what I see honestly both sides do that. Everyone plays and picks with their. They cherry pick from what they want. You know they say, they say, you know don't don't tear the statues down. We got to have all our history, and I don't want people tearing down statues right. either. I think you got to give context to them. But I also see that same group saying, you know what, let's pull these stories out of the library. Well, which is it? You want to keep all the history, or you just want to keep the ones you want. Yeah. That's a little bit of hypocrisy, but we we turn our noses up at right because we like our politics. And and to me, what we have to do is instead of and the one thing I learned you know and I, this is what I love about Ruth Bader Ginsburg you know was Ruth Bader Ginsburg's best friend on the Supreme Court was? It was Scalia Really? That was her best friend Scalia was her best friend and why are Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's why are they the two best friends? Because they're the two smartest ones and despite the fact that they may disagree politically they can still be friends yeah, yeah. and I know that may sound like something trite or you know something but that's an idea worth fighting for man yeah. And and I think if we took a little bit of time and stopped you know trying to pick fights and try to find you know I always say if you're if you listen to one news source for your news you're not an informed person yep. you got to listen to the other side whatever your whatever your side is it'll frustrate you it'll drive you crazy it'll <laughs> make you mad but you will realize they're human beings too and <laughs> and that's to me that to me is the more important part than you know, picking buzzwords at, and pointing fingers. Oh my God. You just
0: described me because that's exactly what I do. I try to go to every single thing because I don't want to be one sided. Now, one of the things that I, I love about your books is that in Hollywood is so, so sick with this is that everything is based upon you. You don't play that game. You, you, you tell the story. It's not based upon.
1: Oh, uh, when I see those words in a Hollywood movie, my brother, they, you know, based on a true story. Yeah. My first thought is, this is a lot of nonsense, right? Like it just is. Based upon means we didn't tell the full story. We told the good parts we like and then we added other parts yep. that you know suit the story better. So don't get your history from Hollywood movies. Hollywood has its own agenda and their agenda is to keep you happy and to keep you buying tickets. Um, I, I, what I love about our kids' books – and these are books ages four or five years old, about 12 years old – is even though they're for such little kids, we show you all the failures – we show you all the elections Abraham Lincoln lost and George yes, Washington lost. Yeah. We show you what you know, what Rosa Parks went through that day when she faced that bus driver the first time because she faced him before, yep. and she didn't say anything the first time. We show you what Dr. King went through as a little kid when he was really angry and mad at the world when someone told him he had to sit at the back of the bus. He lost his cool. He's not perfect. Even Mr. Rogers, when he's a little boy being bullied, loses his temper. But everyone you look up to. Whether it's Rosa Parks, Dr. King, Mr. Rogers, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, anyone else, whoever you look up to, your hero is, have moments where they were scared and terrified and didn't think they could go on. But they do. And that's not the flaw of their story. That's the beauty of it. (laughs) And I think, you know, to me, don't again, don't get your history from Hollywood movies.
0: (laughs) Brad, how can somebody reach out to you to get your books, to find out more about what you're doing and, and to give you some love?
1: No, listen. You can find us obviously on all social media at Brad Meltzer, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else, um, and Facebook, and every, you know, you name the platform, we're there. But if you go to bradmeltzer.com, and it's it's Meltzer is like Seltzer that you drink, but with an M like Mary, yeah. uh, you can email me. You can tell me your suggestions for the next hero. Uh, I always love hearing it. We listen to our readers and listen to friends like you who have been with us from the start of this series, uh, and I, I I really do. I think it's important to you know, to hear what people are looking for and what the, and what they're searching for. When when we, when we looked around and saw how cruelly we were treating each other, that we need more kindness in the world. That's where I am. Mr. Rogers as a book came from. So, you know, communicating with us and emailing us and telling us that stuff is vital to us. So thank you for it.
0: Oh man, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. You know, the door is always going to be open for you.
1: Well, I appreciate it. You know, but, but what I appreciate is all the people who use these books to kind of do something good for their kids and their nieces and their nephews. That that's the that's the beautiful part. I love the people for ten years now. You know, it's very hard to change the minds of adults. Oh boy. But try. we have spent ten years arming a generation of kids with lessons of kindness and perseverance and generosity and humility, like these great American values that need to be brought back. And I'll tell you what, I I I love that fight every single day. It's worth it. <laughs>
0: well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir?
1: Thank you, my friend.